All right, we have a very, very intimate Cleveland Moto podcast tonight. Tonight it is just to my left. Well, I'm right across. <laughs> it's Dustin. Still to the left. And to Dustin's left. Your other left. Johnny Chrome, the All one right. and only. And Phil Waters is here. Hey, uh, I wanted to read, and they're off. I wanted to read a couple of emails we got. We normally don't read emails, but sometimes they come in and they're great. Uh, this was uh, Mark Wilson was nice enough to send a dual, a dual, a dual thank you to both us and to Stefan at Porco. Well then. So it said, Phil, we had a great time in Cleveland, an amazing city. Progressive Field, our seats, right field in the 100s, were only $26 next to a local craft brew bar. Great place to see a game, and everyone is so cool, even when they find out you're a Jays fan. <laughs> the hotel was walking distance to Progressive Field, restaurants on 6, like the Barley House and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and we had great rooms. Stefan, Porco delivered. Sharon had a Planet of the Apes, and I had a Painkiller <clears throat> pain Level 3 which tasted like the barkeep was defending his Michelin three-star rating. <laughs> Sam had a Diet Cola, and we all loved the nachos. Posted a review on Yelp. Have a look. As you suggested, we strolled down West 25th. We enjoyed an outdoor concert and some of the best ice cream in the world, Mitchell's. The area reminded me of Larkspur, California, or a really, really small Millennium Park in Chicago. Very, very cool place. Phil, you're the greatest ambassador for the city of Cleveland. Wouldn't have gone if not for your podcasts. When the young lady in the shop found out I was a podcast fanboy, I got stickers and swag and all kinds of cool stuff. Thank you very much. Very cool shop. The staff was really welcoming. I bought a Motoguzzi hat as a souvenir. Sharon bought a ladies' tour master jacket because she needs another fucking jacket. <laughs> Originally, we were just going to head down to Buffalo to see Coldplay. I can feel you judging me. It's palpable. <laughs> and I said, wouldn't it be cool to see Cleveland Moto? Glad we made the effort to go. You both are rightfully proud of your city. Looking forward to my return, and the Painkiller Threes are on me. Best regards, Mark Wilson. Mark, that was fantastic. Awesome, man. I remember reading those. A couple from Ontario, right? From Ontario. Yeah, I remember Oh, that. okay. That's right. I was just going to ask where cool. they're from. Nice. I really, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that <clears throat> is just, that's the best thing. You feel great when somebody comes into your city and has Never a good time. Never met a Canadian that wasn't cool, eh? Oh, that's true, right? I it's, really, it's, I mean. Especially when they come to your city to well, see your shop. Well, some right. French ones, but <laughs> It was, I mean, you talk about uh, just a very, very good review, and we're, we're very happy to get them. The, uh, the other thing that I got, boy, we got some emails that are like 19 fucking pages long. Uh, the, I'm going to go ahead and blast through this one just because uh, this is from uh, C. Painter. C. Painter. Uh, great podcast. I hope you all have recovered from vintage days. Yeah, a bit. <laughs> uh, Dustin's got a, our server was down for a while, so Dustin dropped another one today, one thirty-two. He's going to be dropping some more over the next couple of days to get everybody caught up. And uh, by the way, one thirty-two. I listened to it today. Holy fuck! It, it was liquored up. This is the one where Hoffer came in and was bragging about how now he has the zero. He's like a hooligan. <laughs> and then it was the episode where we talked about what is the bike you absolutely would not ride. It's a hooligan as a dirt bike rolls by. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if it was a dirt bike, but it was definitely two-stroke something. <laughs> um, so he goes, uh, recovered from vintage days. It must have been fun. Sounds like the Misfits crew is already planning next year's trip, and they are. Right on. Uh, so since you are fresh from vintage days, the land of bikes with no titles, I had a question about titles. The scenario is I'm trying to investigate a deal that's too good to be true. Odd, I can hear the eyes rolling already. Here's another person who's uh. listened to our podcast for a while. I'm also trying to avoid getting a giant red sucker stamp from being applied to my forehead. 
The deal is on a nice-looking 73 CB350 with a catch. They always have a catch. Mm. The current <clears throat> owner never got the title when he bought the bike. It's been <clears throat> sitting in his garage for the past year. How hard is it to get a title? <clears throat> Can it be done? The few people I have asked to have asked have told me no title, no dice. I would hate to find out that motorcycles are at the end of the line when their owners lose the title. I would be disappointed, but not surprised. Thank you, ODOT. That's Ohio Department of Transportation. Oh, the guys from Ohio. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I have run the VIN through ODOT's VIN search and came up with vehicle not found. That's a good sign. I'm not yeah. sure if this was due to the bike being older and not having a 17-character VIN, which is what it is, Yep. or the bike was never titled in Ohio. Got any idea or legit websites that might be able to find this information, or should I even bother going through the headache? At any rate, I thought if anyone would know the answer, it would be Phil and the gang over at Cleveland Moto Podcast. This is Christopher the Painter in Pickerington, Ohio. P.S. The oh. over and under on how many times somebody it's says, if it's too good to be true, it is. It's four times. That's the over and under. So we're going to talk about that. Um, here's the rule on titles. <clears throat> this is widely held anecdotal evidence. You're going to contact Vermont Bureau of Motor Vehicles. It is incredibly <clears throat> easy to understand. It's not hard to decipher. You're going to get an out-of-state vehicle registration for your motorcycle. They have very strange, ambiguous rules. Like if it's a motorcycle, it has to be more than 20 years old or something along those lines. But you're going to contact Vermont. You're going to pay them whatever the dollar amount is. I think it's 50 or 75 bucks. It's They're, very reasonable. It's very reasonable. They're going to mail you a Vermont registration, believe it or not, to your Ohio address with your Ohio address on the Vermont registration. I've held these items in my hand. They're also going to mail you a Vermont license plate. The registration on the Vermont license plate is good for two years. Now, listen carefully to what I'm about to say. You don't have to keep that Vermont registration and drive the bike for two years. But you've paid for it. So why not? It's legal. You have the registration. The plate is legal. It comes back to you at your address and that motorcycle. I personally do use those plates for the full two years. Sure. And when it's coming near the end of the two years, I take my Vermont registration and a bill of sale. You will need to have the bill of sale. You also, if you're in the state of Ohio, you will need an out-of-state vehicle inspection. Now, if you're not in the state of Ohio, your local motorcycle shop can do that for you. It's usually very cheap. Yep. I think we charge under $5 for it. All that is is a piece of paper that documents that the VIN on the registration matches the VIN on the motorcycle. You have a handwritten bill of sale. Look up how to make one if you don't know. I recommend saying that you got the bike in Vermont at a yard sale because you sure. have a Vermont registration. Sure. <clears throat> and then they're going to look in their book and they're going to realize when they look in their black book of information on the different states that, in fact, Vermont does issue registration only on vehicles over 20 years old, which is going to make it clean and legal. You're going to take that into the title bureau and you will walk out with a title. A good, perfectly legit legal Ohio title. Not only have I done it, it's been done by my customers at my shop. I've helped them. I've given them bills of sale and things like that when they were too scared to just write one up themselves. I'm going to tell you I have written <clears throat> them up that said Harvey T. Weintraub in whatever Piscataw Valley Vermont Bill of Sale sold me this 1973 Honda CB350. I purchased it at a swap meet. I purchased it at a yard sale. doesn't matter. The rules in Vermont say that that vehicle gets a registration. You got your registration, take it in the title bureau. You'll get your title. That's the best way that I've ever discovered for getting a legal title on a motorcycle that doesn't have one. 
The secret to this is that Vermont, a state that cares, actually does what Ohio and all the other states are supposed to do. They do a title search. They search to see if the vehicle has any wants, they search to see if it has any hits, and they search to see if there's another title that already exists for that bike. Most of the time, if the title is over 20 years, there's no record of it anywhere anyway. The worst case scenario, Vermont tells you they can't do it and you get your money back. That's my recommendation to solve a lot of title problems. So far, I've heard it working in many different states. So that's the tip for the day on titles. Yeah, Alabama is another state that does that too. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't tried <clears throat> Alabama. I, I haven't given it a shot yet. So Our buddy Kylie from uh, the Do the Ton group. Yeah. He said anytime we wanted to, you know, make that happen, he would do it for us. Do they do the out-of-state registration? <clears throat> yeah. Like, well, what, like Vermont does? What we would have to do, he said, is... You're selling him the bike on paper. You're selling him the bike on paper. You're selling him the bike on paper. He registers it, and right. then he sells it back to you on paper. That's handy if you have a friend in Alabama. Well, yeah. If you don't there. have a friend... I don't want to give the advice out to the entire podcast listenership to contact Kylie in Alabama. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they can contact Vermont. Right. Right. Well, there are, there are title services that will do that same exact thing. Right. Yeah. Um, I heard in New York Ohio. State, oh, go Nevada, ahead. others. Years ago, I did a few, you know, I did will, a few Las Vegas titles. You're, you're was technically the the selling them the bike. Right. They're buying it back, blah, blah, or vice versa. So the whole thing ago, happens through mail. Yeah, yeah, it's totally. <clears throat> I did uh, the Las Vegas title. And I was able to successfully get away with one of them. And then after that, when I tried the second one, I took it down to the Ohio, Bureau, the Ohio Title Bureau. And they said, I'm sorry, but we will not transfer a title from Nevada that is less than one year old. Well, meanwhile, you don't have a registration to run the bike around on. So what they're doing is they were aware, the state of Ohio became aware that there was a company that was selling titles, essentially, from other states. And that's why... They now put a hold on it, or they make it. Uh, they make it so the title has to be aged <laughs> or seasoned before you can bring it in and just, you know, boom, here's your title. So I will tell you there are some caveats about that. Another email, real quick. I have a discussion topic for you guys. Hey, thank you. We, we were short them. of one. Yeah. <laughs> what affordable and reliable motorcycles would you recommend? Oh, wait, would you recommend for a couple of foreigners, Australians? Wanting to buy and ride across America. And thanks for making the podcast. Cheers, Tom. This is actually something that I've always wanted to do. Well, cheers to you, Tom. Yeah. Stop in. Cheers, mate. Stop in. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I promise we won't try to serve <clears throat> any Fosters. Yeah. Uh, we'll show, <laughs> right. We'll show you some good beer. We'll show you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this is something I've wanted to do for years. Go into, bebop into a foreign country, purchase the bike that has some registration or has some time left on it, make a nice 60 or 70 day trip or 20 day trip, and then sell the bike again before leaving, thereby saving all the rental expenses. That's that's the strangest thing. And there are states in the union that do that. Doesn't California do yeah. some kind of weird... There's time left and on like, yeah, There's time left. That's, that's yeah. odd to me because I've yeah. never lived outside of Ohio. Right. I've registered. I owned a truck, a semi-truck, yeah. and I registered in Iowa through my company. Right. But that's the only out-of-state registration I've ever really had to deal with. In California, if a vehicle has an expired registration, there's penalties the, due. Well, yeah, that, I was going to say the vehicle can owe. Yes. Oh, sometimes more than the vehicle's worth. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. quote, back taxes. That right? just doesn't make sense. And the idea being is that this whole time the vehicle was sitting, the owner should have been paying registration because the owner still owned it. 
<laughs> Luckily, so, in Ohio, we don't have we that. We don't have that. And most states actually <clears throat> don't have that. Not so, would. But I was wondering in other countries. Now, <clears throat> because I've always fantasized about the idea of flying into somewhere, buying a bike for 2500 bucks or the equivalent of in their currency, <laughs> riding the bike around for Eight three million or four rupees. weeks. <laughs> billions of dong. <laughs> Phil, Phil, has, of dong. Phil has watched a lot of Top Gear. <laughs> boxes and boxes of dong. <laughs> Just yep. to be able to say you paid for it that way. Would so you pay, hey, would you pay for that bike? Dong. Nine million dong. Three point two million <laughs> yeah. dong. And uh, that doesn't go as far as you think it would. But I, I can tell you this: for my, for our Australian people traveling, it is very viable. It's absolutely sure. a doable thing. Uh, because we now have Facebook, I'm sorry, because we now have Craigslist and eBay, <clears throat> which can usually sell a bike in seven days, sure. provided you priced it right. Because Lord knows as a shop, I've got some I've got some bikes on Craigslist that are approaching their first birthday, mm-hmm. and I just keep bumping them to the top of the list. And we've got mm-hmm. bikes that we've listed three or four times on eBay, because you have to be careful that you don't overspend. Now... Thinking about it, though, when you look at what Eagle Rider charges for a daily rental, which is around $100, yeah. okay, maybe maybe more, you could very easily, in a 15-day trip, have lost almost $2,000. So if you purchase an SV650 for $3,500 and sell it for $2,500 and make a very fast sale, your loss is far less than what it would have been using Eagle Rider or some other rental agency. And so, now the thing is, too, though, if you fly into the East Coast, yes. you're going to buy a bike a lot cheaper mm-hmm. than they sell for on the West Coast. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So you may actually end up coming out even or or even making money. That's right. My experience if, has been West yeah. Coast people spend money on bikes. The stuff that we buy, the stuff that I can't sell here in Cleveland, I try to sell it in San Diego, Santa Cruz, and San Francisco. Well, everything's more expensive out there. And I mean... Like vehicles, for instance, Everything. motorcycles included, because it's warm. You know, if, if you're anywhere south of Frisco Bay, oh my god, yeah, you can ride yeah. year round. Yeah, absolutely. So shit kind of gets worn out. Yeah, it does. I mean, we, and wouldn't it be cool? We don't necessarily see that around here. How often have you seen an Ohio motorcycle that's worn out? No, never, never, not worn <laughs> out. No, neglected out. Sure. Yeah, neglected and neglected, abused, abandoned yes. out, yeah. left outside, yeah. left in the fucking swimming pool. I understand Ruined, that, nonetheless, but. Nonetheless, ruined, but not through high mileage. And the thing, too, is a California buyer, if you are going to do your trip, do it that way. Because the California buyer who's buying a New York or an Ohio motorcycle knows that there's no back reg they have to pay. So they don't have, that's one thing that they can take off the checklist about buying a used bike on Craigslist or eBay because they know with that Ohio title or that East Coast title that they won't have to pay any back taxes on that motorcycle. There's one less risk. They can remove and they can enjoy the stuff and, and, and buy the bike for more money. Yeah. Because that, think about it, a bike that owes $600 in back taxes, well, they're not going to pay the extra $600 for it. What so think? I think your bike goes further, your sale goes further on the West Coast. So that's a great idea. Yeah. What bike would you buy, man? Well, I I mean, uh, just as route-wise, before we move on to the bikes to buy, I would say to fly into Philadelphia. Yeah. Because you're about as far east coast as you're going to get. That's right. Yeah. Buy a bike in the Philly or 
greater Jeez, Pennsylvania area, area any, anywhere around there, because you're going to get them as cheap as you get them in Ohio. That's right. And then right across the U.S. and hopefully you make, make a few bucks on the yeah, other side. If I were going to do that, <clears throat> I'm totally stealing this from a Hot Rod magazine, a <clears throat> couple of guys from, from the magazines that yeah. do a... They don't do a podcast. They do a streaming show. Sure. Is that what they call that? Yeah, it's a YouTube, YouTube inter- internet show. Yeah, YouTube, YouTube channel. channel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I watched a ton of those. They used <clears> to <throat> do this thing where they would just throw a dart at a map. Oh, fun. Yeah. Fun. Throw a dart at a map Flying. and say, okay, we got three grand. <clears throat> yep. We can go buy a car. Or in right. this case, you could do it with a bike. Okay, we're going to yep. fly into Philly. We're going to buy a bike. We're going to spend $3,500, whatever. Um what was yeah. that, that road burn or road rash? Roadkill. 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 Road road yeah. Oh, yeah. Big, big but fun. If I were going to do this, yeah. even if you're going to come from another country and do it, yeah. start a social media log oh, of your trip. Yes, absolutely. And have people that are looking, watching, they, people will come and meet you. Yeah. People will be bidding on this thing before you even get to your destination. That's a good point. It's a very good point. Yeah, that is. That yeah. um, girl, Alex, that did that peace scooter thing. Yeah, she did. She was really good with the social media. She and, did. man... I don't think she paid to stay no. anywhere. There were we, people going, yeah. please come and you yeah. can have my guest room right. and here's food. Enjoy and... my garage, enjoy meal, the whole deal. Yeah. It, you let people know about what you're doing. People are incredibly generous. I mean, you serviced her bike for yeah, her. She I stayed at your house. Take care of yeah, she was great, man. She was a really nice girl. Very cool. You know, and that brings up an excellent point about the idea of going, this like doing a cross-country trip. Right now... In the East Side Shop. Oh, by the way, customer customer commented, or customer, customer, podcast listener. Sorry, I've been at the shop too long today. I can't think of it was a German podcast listener or somebody, but he's like, what the hell is that sound? Is somebody doing bong hits or bong rips? <laughs> yep. And like, apparently, this, no, you don't need to get close. I listened to the podcast today. I listened to the podcast today, and I, I can hear what they're talking about. No matter where you are, the sound of you inhaling on that thing cuts through. Well then, it, it could be twenty feet away. And the mic must be uh, we'll, sensitive at that frequency. The mic is very sensitive. We'll have at that to frequency. do a, a, a for science, of course. We'll have to do a test between a bomb rip between and bomb hits and, and smoke bombs. But yeah, the uh, sure you don't. I don't. I'm not a bomb guy. Uh, the now here's the thing. Sitting over there at our east side shop right now, we have. The closest to new, <clears throat> 2,000 Kawasaki Vulcan 1500, full bagger, windshield, bags, crash bars, everything in the attractive color of black. But it has less than 4,000 miles on it. And it runs cherry. It right, runs mate. beautifully. We'll, we're selling that bike for $4,000. There's a bike that somebody could absolutely fly in. It's got all the luggage already on it. Mm-hmm. They strap their bag to the back rack. They throw their shit in the 35-liter cases on the side, and they're on a very comfortable 1,500cc capable cruiser bike yeah. to go across America on. See, and now the first thing I thought when you said what bike was that um, Shadow Ace we have over there for 2500 bucks. Right. That's, yeah. You know, it's another thing. I mean, recently... I would totally ride that bike cross-country. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. rock solid. I mean, it's solid. a 750, but I would yeah. still ride it Someone recently asked yeah. me, <clears throat> it's a family reunion a couple weeks yeah. ago there, somebody asked me, what, you know, I want, I want a bike, I want a first bike. All right. Um, I've ridden before. He's ridden dirt bike. Yeah. Ridden before. I want a first bike, but I know I'm probably going to turn it right away in yep. a year. Smart. What do you? What do you? <laughs> I says anything that says VT750. <laughs> Any <laughs> Suzuki that says SV, yep. except maybe the TL1000R. Stay away from. That's but even a thousand S. I mean, right. a 650. Either yeah. a 650. Yeah. You know, I named a few, but I mean, 
That that's a any of those would example. be an awesome. The VT seven fifty Shadow Ace that we have over yeah. there is a bike that it's comfortable. It's got luggage already on it. Mm-hmm. It's got a great windshield already on it, and it's we're selling it at twenty five hundred dollars. It's actually a pretty paint job. Yeah, it looks beautiful. And it's in great shape. So for twenty five hundred dollars, that's the cheapest thing in the world. Those are fucking cruiser fat over there. Oh, we're fat Suzuki. Uh, yeah, we got a whole line. There's a, we got a whole line. Marauder, the, we got the Magnificent Mar- Marauder. We got, Marauder. we got the Magnificent Marauder over there. <laughs> the, we got a C50 Special Edition <clears throat> fuel injected that is Oh, it's so beautiful. You need to have lids up of vinyl. Yeah. Remember the Magnificent Marauder Magnificent from the Marauder. cartoons of oh, the yeah. wrestler? <clears throat> oh, yeah. Print up a vinyl. Yeah. Lucha, <laughs> Luchadori, man? Yeah, the Magnificent Marauder. For <laughs> the, uh, the C50. What else you got? C50? The C50 we got is, uh, I can't think if it's a 2009 or 2011, maybe 2013, I don't know. But it's the SE model, so it's this really amazing color of... I would say it's somewhere between green and charcoal. Oh, it's green. Yeah, it's like a sage green metallic over ivory. So it's a two-tone, and the paintwork on it is so nice. When you run your hands through the clear coat, you can't even feel a line. It's so well done. Maybe these Australians need to fly into Cleveland and come see us. You get a lot more bike for your money, I guess. The heritage copy, basically. Right? And it's got the beach bars on it, which is kind of cool. And the previous owner put the best sounding, and I know I normally don't say this, but the best sounding <laughs> set of Cobras on it, they're not those bullshit drag pipes. These are nice, fat shotguns with, with baffles inside. With real functioning baffles? With real functioning baffles. And he put the um, uh, ECU uh, EFI kit in it. So this thing, like for a fuel-injected bike, it idles perfectly. It pulls like a freight train. It's an 800... So it's not as heavy as the Harleys. And it's a really nice bike. And that's a it's affordably priced. Yeah, we do have a lot of cruisers right now because people trade in cruisers to buy Moto Guzzi's. Sure they do. And that's yeah. how it works. Mm-hmm. People are looking for a change in their life. They trade in a cruiser. They get a Guzzi. I wanted to talk about the elephant in the room. <laughs> we talked about the elephant in the room last week. That's, that's almost literally the I'm elephant in the room. sitting right here. You're going to hurt my feelings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wanted to talk about the elephant in the room. Where what is the it? hell is the talking sheet? I wanted to get the talking sheet. Oh, I think it's. I think I saw it up on. Will you up there? Yeah, because I. We need to. We need to have a moment. We need a moment to reflect about <laughs> this particular motorcycle. Oh. Because. Yeah. I have it on good authority. <clears throat> you are talking to this little card, right? Yeah, that one. You know which one it is. Uh, I don't know if it made something bigger. Or no, that's exactly what it is. So I have it on good authority from my friend Johnny Chrome that this is actually a desirable motorcycle. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't... Yeah, I'll he's, give you my opinions later. He's, no, he's, no, 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 no. He's no, pointing no. at a... No, this is not the card I was looking for. Oh, I was that's, looking for the oh that's a flying fortress. Oh, for that bike. I haven't that seen that fucking... Yeah. So, uh, I look, uh, so Johnny Chrome, tell the people what that bike is. He's pointing. He was pointing at a... What year is it again? That's why I was looking for the Fuck. car. He's, he's pointing at a beautiful... Oh, what is this thing? It's a F, 2007 FL... H? H? R? No, it's a Road King. It's a Road King <laughs> CVO. That's why, wanted, that's why I wanted the card, because it's so hilarious. It's a Road King CVO, so it's an FLHR... S-E-I... Right, it's injected. It is injected. Yeah, it's, yeah. Fucking Christ, man. FLH. It's a hell of a name. R. 
that's just a whole touring. Um, that's the touring. Oh, here it is. Here it is. <coughs> it's a Flursha. <laughs> F-L-H-R-S-E. Three. Well, three. It's, it's an SE cubed. And it's there's an I on the end of it because it's ejected. And this is the SE stands for Screaming Eagle, which so means Harley Davidson. F- which okay. FL means big twin, big fat front tire, right. big front end. H, hydroglide uh, style front end. Nowadays, H is the, the the rubber mount touring chassis. Okay, thank you. FL H. Right. Uh, R. R's Road King. Road King. S-E is Screaming Eagle. Three Three. just means it's the third incarnation of the Screaming Eagle line. This has got a, what, 110? 110. Yeah, it's got a 110 stock. 110 cubic inches. Uh, Harley Davidson puts all the the Farkle on them from the factory, the braided lines and cables everywhere. Yeah. Everything that you could accessorize, they already do it for you. It comes with the, you know, it might not be your taste, but, I mean, it comes with... The Harley, uh, well, you can't say aftermarket because it's... No, it's factory. This bike, it's, literally, it's, this bike... What comes, do they call their accessory book, though? It's, it's the the dealer... Fat book thing. The, the, no, the, it's, the, 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 it's the dealer line of, of fucking Heroin. H. Right, yeah. But it comes with things like the, the, right. the add-on floorboards, the add-on pegs, the add-on shift pegs, the little... The, the rod... The stupid rod that goes from the shift mechanism back to the transmission is fancy. Right. I mean, it's billet everything. Uh, and it's got very, it's got like matching floorboards, matching foot pedals, matching grips, which are all studded. Like they're all yeah, that's, with I forget studs. what collection. Harley Davidson has yeah, collections. collections. Right. A collection of accessories. And it's all I forget a kit. which one that one is. Right. It's the, I have a small penis collection, but I, it is <laughs> tombstone taillight. <clears throat> uh, yeah, that's not that's not uh, right. So I mean, stock stock. The paint job on this thing. The, so you were saying, if you were to buy this paint job, the paint job consists of one, two, three, four, five pieces of of bodywork. Right. Two fenders, two side yeah. covers, and one tank. And I was because noticing. the tanks are one piece now. Yeah. So yeah, I was noticing this paint job that the paint job. Is ridiculous. This is a five thousand wow. dollar paint. You will pay five grand. It's got gold leaf it is. and flames. Gold and leaf. ghost flames under the flames. And marbling. And marbling in the contrast areas inside of the pinstripes. Yeah. It has an LED fuel gauge that illuminates. I thought that was badass. It's pretty badass. It's got the hideaway gas caps. When the machine is completely off, yeah. the left fuel tank cap looks right. to be a chrome fuel tank cap. Right. When you energize said machine, you can now see through it, and it yes, illuminates. It has LEDs that pop right yeah. through the chrome. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. And, uh, it very, it's got a CD player. It has. Well, what <laughs> did, it has. Did, <laughs> did our coworker tell you that it was alarming on us on Saturday? Yeah, I, yeah. I'm gonna, I couldn't remember how to. T- <laughs> I am going to. I'm going to get into there. And we had it. the fob, and I couldn't remember how to well, disable. We have to read the, the manual to shut off the audio portion of that show. Because, so this is what happened Just give me the light. to me. <laughs> so the other day I'm leaving. I left Yonder Bar, Porco, um, and uh, I, I left Yonder Bar, went home, put the motorcycle in the driveway, <clears throat> went in the house as I do, and opened up the garage door. I left my keychain, my janitor's keychain, in the house. <laughs> I went back out to the garage. So the bike didn't know who you were then. I grabbed the motorcycle as I do and rolled it into my garage. Without the keychain. At which point it flashed its lights at you in it an angry fashion. It flashed its lights in a very provocative fashion. 
And it instantly gave me a 160 plus. This motorcycle goes. Yeah, it, it does. It does wiggle its lights at you a little bit. It wiggles its lights at you, and then it goes. And it's not the horn. Chirp. No, it's not the horn. It's this siren that is deafening. Yeah. Now, I live in a neighborhood where you could hear a, tw- a twig fall off the tree at 4 o'clock in the morning. Like, it's a very quiet neighborhood. Oh, you could hear him fall off the tree at 9 o'clock. Right. <laughs> so the neighborhood's quiet. And here I am with the fucking disco light show. <laughs> mini, 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 mini. And it's so annoying. And so my options are, one, throw motorcycle on ground, rush in house, grab keychain, run back out to motorcycle. No, I'm not going to do that. I throw my I throw my body into full torque mode, and I shove this fucking 900 pound behemoth into my garage, narrowly missing the other eight motorcycles that are in the garage. Jiffy stand down, which you never trust because like it never feels right. So Jiffy stand down, throw that down, run over to my garage door, press the button so the garage door goes down. The garage door is going down, and I have 160 decibels happening in the garage. Oh, right, attached to my house. Garage door is going down. Thank God. Protect the neighbors. Run back into the house. Pray the bike doesn't fall over because, once again, still don't trust the jiffy stand. Run back into the house. Grab yonder keychain. Rush out to the bike. And I'm like, well, what do you do? There's no buttons on the fucking key fob. Nope. There's no button. There's no whoop, whoop. No. You just have to get close enough to the motorcycle. Right? And I'm sitting with the key fob. I'm holding the key fob above the speedometer going. <laughs> Waving it like a magic right, wand. Going, acknowledge. Acknowledge. <laughs> well, and it doesn't acknowledge it. I have to turn the bike, I have to cycle the bike on and off again for it to see that. But in the meantime, all this discussion we're having is to the tune of 140 million decibels of angry, out-of-tune trumpet. Oh, yeah, definitely. So bad. That's, I was shaking. That I, ain't was, no her I was showing the thing. I was like, look, look, I, I have it. it. Badger's laughing her head off. Like, Shut up. Yeah. I am your master. So then on top of the motorcycle as it was, which I looked it up, and the customer did pay $28,000 for it. Cool. That was what the retail price was, the motorcycle as it sat. Then just the stuff he told me about with the high-compression pistons, the cam, and all the other stuff, I looked that up, priced it all out, and it's an additional $4,900 for just that. That's hardly money. he has the Bassani Power Loop true duels what a power loop is is basically a water park ride that exists on the right hand side of the motorcycle between the rear cylinder and the left exhaust that looks like a a habit trail for lack of a better explanation it's a water park ride it's a giant piece of bent tubing so that it's a big loop with a whole bunch of extra length right so it makes the left pipe as long as the right pipe so the left pipe and the right pipe are, for once in the world of Harley-Davidson, the same length. Because if you wanted your pipes to be the same length with a motorcycle that has both exhaust valves on the right-hand side, your rear pipe would be basically two and a half feet longer than your front pipe. Yeah. And it would look really silly having <coughs> a two and a half foot long pipe organ hanging out the back of your motorcycle. Yeah, unless you run them up the sissy bar. Right. And you Put see little the sagger, flapper little flapper caps and all that cool stuff. Yeah. But so this thing has Bassani True Duels with the power loop in them, and I looked those up. Just those are astronomically expensive. Fourteen hundred bucks or something. Fourteen hundred dollars, yeah. Fourteen hundred bucks or sixteen hundred bucks. I can't recall. Yeah. And plus, you know, all these things had to be installed. Um, things had to be remapped. See, things just, had to be done. See those tips? Yeah, those tips. I made miter tips like that yeah. in ninety one or ninety two okay. before they even sold them. 
Um, by the way, might are the same angle as the bags. Yep. They look kick ass. Those they tips, drag a lot though. Those tips are engineered when you are biking, your, backing your motorcycle up to the curb. Yeah, they're curb feelers. Curb feelers. So they clunk the curb and they put giant dents in the back of your pipes, <laughs> which you see on every bagger. If you ride two up, they drag a lot too off driveway. I'm sure, they shit. do. Yeah. And Moto Guzzi, when like they Kevin the MGX twenty one, they made the exhaust high enough that when you back up to a curb, it doesn't hit the curb. So Motoguzzi said, this is an important thing. We want to address the issue. You can back the motorcycle up to a curb without causing yourself loads of money damage. So, Did you ever see the accessory pipe they used to put in the Panhead era and older bikes? The fishtails? Oh, no, yes, the elevators. Yeah, they S, have S-pipes. S-pipes. Yeah. The elevators, or whatever yeah. you call it. Yeah, yeah, elevator pipes, yeah. Funky looking, but yeah. they work. But they they served a you purpose. Cannot, you can back up and not hit the curb. Yeah. Of course, it was a two-inch pipe all the way from yeah. Elm Street to 4th Street. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, but, yeah, that was just the way they were. But, yeah, so I wanted to comment on this because with all the money, which is, in my opinion, half of a decent home. <laughs> and it is. I know what was spent on this motorcycle. In a kind of rough neighborhood. Fuck that. I bought my house in Avon Lake for $80,000, right? This is half of what I paid for my house. <clears throat> sure. Right? Oh, yeah, I guess with all the accessories it is. Yeah, it's sure half it of what I paid for my house. Now... <clears throat> What I can tell you is somebody put on, I don't know, what brand of batwing fairing that is. And I'm not sure I understand what the fetish is with batwing fairings, other than it's a place to put a radio. Sons of Anarchy. Well, what it is, is it's a device that you put to the front of your motorcycle that mounts to the forks, not to the frame. It's as big as it would be if it were mounted to the frame, but it's not. It's mounted to the forks. And what it does is it takes arguably the most powerful and fastest Harley Davidson in the world and restricts it to 90 miles an hour. Because at 90 miles an hour, this thing sways like a drunk transvestite. (laughs) It has no sense of direction or goal at exactly 90 miles an hour. Well, of course, because the wind resistance is pushing your forks. You're all over the fucking place. And coming over here today... The fuck would you mount that to the forks? At, that's so the, stupid. That's what they've been doing for nigh on fifty <clears throat> years. Yeah, that's what they do. This thing at ninety miles an hour was so vague and so random that I felt unsure of myself. Now this motorcycle does weigh in the neighborhood of nine hundred pounds. So you think that by sheer possessive mass and girth alone, it would not be easy to put offline. It's very easy to put offline. You would think. That windshield is horrible. And it carries a Kenwood CD player that... uh, I heard people complaining about the MGX-21 saying the stereo wasn't loud enough. (laughs) That at 80 miles an hour they couldn't hear the stereo. (laughs) Now, I'm going to tell you that this stereo is probably 200 watts with two 6x9s in it. Two big, ridiculous, triaxial 6.9s in it. Now... You can't hear the radio in this thing. It's loud enough to blow you out of this shop if I turned it on right now while we were listening to it in this room. But the wind noise of any motorcycle at 80 miles an hour is such that I don't know how you would get the music to sound good. That Road Glide Ultra that's up there that has four giant speakers pointing at your ear holes sounds like shit at 80 miles an hour. It's very hard to overcome the decibels of wind noise at 80 yeah. miles an hour. Unless you're in what is called a <clears throat> car. 
And then a car can make stereo sound relatively good because you have a lot of things around you making them sound good. Convertibles. Why they the radios make, don't sound good in convertibles at 80 miles an hour. That's why they make Bluetooth headphones right. that fit Built into in your the helmet. helmet. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, on a lot of bikes, they have, like, the Bluetooth, the MGX has a Bluetooth sender. So if you're complaining about the stereo over 70, turn on your Bluetooth speakers. Yeah. It'll sound beautiful. Oh, but uh, it's a cruiser, not a wear helmet. Um, yeah, I rode a helmet. I rode the bike the other night with no helmet on because I wanted to hear it. <clears throat> you can't hear the stereo over 70. It's useless. And then today I rode it with a three-quarter helmet on, and I rode it with a full-face helmet on. And so with a full-face that I love, a, a very quiet full-face, you still can't hear the fucking radio. And with a three-quarter on, you still can't hear the fucking radio. Just buffeting? It wasn't face. as bad. Not it bad. wasn't bad. It wasn't that bad. I mean, it's a bullshit windshield on there. And, you know, aerodynamically, that thing is a turd. That windshield is a bad idea. And you brought it up earlier. On the uh, Road Glide Ultra, that frame-mounted windshield is fantastic. At 110 mm-hmm. miles an hour, I felt stable. Yeah. that's. It, it felt like it was going the direction it was supposed my, to go. My, first, part of the my first big Harley, my first big twin. I played with Sportsters for a lot of years because I liked them. They were fast. I'd hang a $50. Yeah, yeah please. I'd hang a $50 bill out of my back pocket and go cruising on Laurian Avenue, you know, and make some money with a sportster because everybody makes fun of them. Oh, brought your wife's bike. All right, man, where's your money? (laughs) 50 bucks, six phone poles, motherfucker. But uh, my first big bike was a Tour Glide Ultra Classic, which was the grandfather of the Road Glide, the same frame-mounted fairing, tall windshield... (laughs) Thank you. Um, and I love the thing. I mean, the only thing I didn't like about it, and the reason I eventually took that fairing off and put a nacelle on and converted it to basically a Road King, uh, was that the headlights always <clears throat> point forward. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, they make small enough projectors you could attach them <clears throat> to your lower fork yeah. legs, yeah, you can and it wouldn't make a big difference as far as weight or whatever. You want it. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, back in the day, I, the only thing I didn't like, and there's about a seven or eight foot. Area in front of you that you really you lose sight of. Yeah, I'll tell you that. So with that motorcycle, I went to a place called Gino's down on Forty Two. Mm-hmm. Why a motorcycle bar right. puts gravel the size of your fist in their parking lot? That's a bad know. move. No, but yeah, I just shit. about dropped the thing and I got pissed off and took it off. But that windshield was great, man. You could sit. I smoked then. Yeah. And fuck you. I could no, sit. I smoked uh, when I, I left. Pack. I I could fill my pipe. Yeah. Of with tobacco product. Right. I I could. Smoke right. behind. I can smoke a cigarette behind it and not ash in my own face. No, that's I. I, mean, I tested it. The road glide. It had a Ultra. fucking cigarette lighter. That's what I lit my, <laughs> lit my cigarette tonight. And I, now I told Dustin before we did the podcast, I'm going to go outside and have a cigarette real quick, and I'm going to light it off of a Harley Davidson. And Dustin was like, "How are you going to light a cigarette off a Harley Davidson?" I was like, "Oh, because it has a built-in cigarette lighter, and it does." And uh, Harley probably calls it a cigar lighter. They just do because they're they actually bags. do. Yep. It does. It's called a cigar lighter in the manual. It's called a cigar lighter, and. Uh, <laughs> I looked. And car manufacturers used to do that. Did you know a Ford truck didn't have a cigarette lighter in it, but a Ford car did? <coughs> Ford truck had a cigar, cigar lighter. Yeah, of course. Point of interest yeah. in the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, hey. you lit your cigarette off of a Harley Davidson cigar lighter. Well, the other night when I drove it home, I had a cigarette on the right, ride home. Merritt was following me, and I didn't have a helmet on. I just wanted to have the full experience. And so I'm going down Lake Road, and you know it's one of those things where you just caught behind a car, so you're only going 40 miles an hour or whatever. So I was like, well, I got the stereo on. You know, I'm enjoying the stereo. Just looking for stuff to do. Right. <laughs> I did. And I was like, what features and options can I exploit on my drive home, considering I'm going to be going straight for the next 12 miles? 
So I was starting. I was like, "Well, there's a cigarette lighter." Isn't Did you it? go gay after that? Nope. No, I, okay. I got it. I, I pulled my pack out, <laughs> snatched snatched a camel out of the pack, and lit the lighter and lit it at 45 miles an hour, all one handed. Yep. And it, everything worked perfectly. And I was like, I just did that. That was the thing I just did. No helmet, Harley Davidson, 45 miles an hour, lit a camel. I'm the most American thing in the world right now. <laughs> Where's Trump and how do I vote for him? Yeah. <laughs> it was <clears throat> fucking amazing. It was huge. Huge. It, it, was, huge. it, was, it was the best cigarette ever. It's going to be a magnificent <clears throat> cigarette. It was a huge life experience. It's going to be a, it's going to be a beautiful <clears throat> cigarette. It's going to be a beautiful yeah. ride. Make motorcycling great again. Do you know, um, I find myself... I find myself, when I say things now, it's made certain phrases off limits. When you're like, you're like, you know what? It was a beautiful ride. Yeah. The word beautiful has become corrupted by Trump because it's one of those, you know, those descriptives that he just beats into the fucking ground. And spectacular. It's going to be a spectacular wall. It's going to be an amazing wall. It's going to be a beautiful wall. It's going to be the best wall. It's going to be the best wall ever. I know how to build walls. You know what? And the Mexicans are on the other side going, thank you for the wall. Thank you for the wall. The, uh, I don't, uh... We want to keep out all the Americans that are going to flee to Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) Because you became president. Oh, man. We're losing podcast listeners. The longer we go on, Andy Trump. spot on. Yeah. Which is funny because the entire thing, I, I still can't help but think that this is, there's a punchline coming. My natural, inherent, comedic soul, my DNA that reverts to comedy <laughs> when I'm stressed out, like I go humorous when I'm scared, right? Thinks that there's going to be a ta-da at, at the end maybe of this. Hillary will, maybe Hillary know. will keel over and Bernie will run out of the shadows and jump back into it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I not that no that's idea. the best thing in the world. It doesn't matter. None of them. Everybody's know. fucked up. They're all fucked up. Uh, at this point, I'm, I'm willing to go Lord of the Flies on this or Fight Club. <laughs> uh, I'm completely willing to sign up for any one of those teams at this point. <laughs> it's so scary. It's so that's tragic. Spot on, man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Totally. The, uh, what John just showed me is a picture of a morbidly obese, uh, planetoid-shaped person in a jazzy rascal scooter. Roaming along the street with a Merca hat on, with a Merca hat on, saying, "Damn, Mexicans are ruining America." Yep. Uh, While in the background, there's nothing but Mexicans do- roofing houses, doing landscaping. This is, yeah, this is my, this is my, my overall thing is that most immigrants, when they come to this country, they work harder than anybody else in the world because they lack a, stir- a certain bullshit gene that they don't come equipped with. So the only alternative is really, really hard work. Well, they, they they lack the sense of entitlement, right? That they and, think that right. they should just be. And so the nature is like you know, successful. I've, I've been saying this for years. I'm like, hard work <clears throat> is the greatest thing in the world. Yeah, but it's usually the last thing people try. Well, and, and you work harder than most people we, I know. We man. all work. We we work our fucking ass off. My yeah. my job is to work my balls off because in the winter time when I don't have any work to do. I can then relax and feel like I've earned it. Seasons of television at right. a time. That's exactly right. <laughs> There's a TV too. show I've heard. This TV show I've never. I, I, it's called Game of Thrones. Well, 
And apparently people say it's good. And I'm ready to watch it. I haven't watched it yet either. I'm ready to watch it. I've been working my balls off for the past several years. I'm ready to watch some Game of Thrones. <laughs> the, uh, I, I don't want to start until I can commit, and that's going to be in the dead of winter. I'm going to commit in the dead of winter, and I'm going to order food in. I'm going to spend two or three weeks. Yep. Yep, that's exactly it. I know they have, I don't know what it means. I'll find out when I start watching. Because they have that care. phrase, Winter is coming. And that's what I'm waiting for. Yep. Oh, I've got to find broke. out what the hell yeah. that means. That's exactly right. P- pinned under a 28-pound cat. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> it. Yep. And you get to see that hot blonde chick's boobs. Pizza. Often. You know, the funny thing is, I'll eat the pizza, and I'll eat the whole top of the pizza, and I leave all the bread behind, and my big fat Maine Coon cat eats the bread. <laughs> no, well, that's a working... Mm-hmm. Guess that's we know, a, guess that's we know just called a working relationship. That is a working relationship. I eat the toppings, he eats the crust. Yeah. It is a working relationship. So, yeah, so this is Harley-Davidson thing, and that, I just want to talk about that because uh, the other night I rode the, um, the XV-19, the Roadliner, which is Yamaha's version of this exact same motorcycle. It's, uh, it also does not come with a factory windshield. It also has an obscenely large motor, 1,900 cubic <coughs> centimeters. Oh, yeah, that thing's a beast. It's a beast. It's an absolute beast. And it is also it's- remarkably fast. It's uh, bigger than that. That's well, what? That's fifteen hundred. This is one hundred and ten cubic inches. Which fifteen hundred cc's? Somebody with math is going to have to tell me what one hundred and ten cubic inches translates <coughs> to. I don't know. It tells like you sixteen eighty cc's or something. I'm, it tells I'm you sure. in the front of the book. But in any case, while you look that up, the nineteen hundred Yamaha is also a pushrod motor. The nineteen hundred Yamaha is. It looks like a separate motor and transmission, although it does just have one wet sump. Uh, yeah. 1,802.7centimeters.15-foot-pounds-of-torque-at-3,000rpm.15-foot-pounds-of-torque-at-3,000rpm.15-foot-pounds-of-torque-at-3,000rpm.15-foot-pounds-of-torque-at-3,000rp
the Yamaha felt, this makes very strange squeaks and rattles mm-hmm. going down the road. There's a lot of strange... They don't sound like they're in the motor. I'm not panicking. But they sound like they're in things that hold the exhaust on. They sound like they're in things here and there. Now, this bike has over 13,000 miles on it. So does the Roadliner. And the difference is, that's why I thought it was a really good comparison to go between the Roadliner 1900 and this thing at 1800 cc's. Almost identical numbers. The difference is, this motorcycle used is going to cost the next owner about fifteen dollars to $16,000. The Roadliner, you can come into my shop right now and buy for about seven grand. <laughs> so half as much money. And in my opinion, I think the Roadliner rides better. I think the Roadliner is definitely faster feeling. <clears throat> it feels like it wants to get out of the way better. This thing does rip, a mighty fucking rip. I mean, Jesus oh, yeah. Christ, zero to 60. This thing is the business. It really is. And even on the freeway, dropping out of that sixth gear, the Roadliner has a five-speed transmission. It doesn't need a sixth speed. This thing does have a sixth gear that is a very practical sixth gear. It drops the revs at 85 miles an hour to about 3,400 <coughs> RPM. It's a very useful sixth <laughs> gear. Yeah, That's pretty awesome. It is. It's an incredibly useful sixth gear. And there's nothing wrong with having a sixth <coughs> gear in the transmission as an overdrive or a double overdrive when you've got enough torque to back it up. And that's what this motorcycle has. And today I was riding it very sporty. And yeah, drop two gears and stab it. And it makes a good noise and scoots right down the road, man. It really does. It's it's fucked over by that bad windshield. I think the bike would be a lot more fun if I took the windshield off. I would feel more safe at over ninety miles an hour. I'd feel a lot more safe. Clear fairing out there that Yeah, they're both they're all handlebar mounted. Yeah, they're all handlebar mounted. I smaller. They're much smaller. Yeah, that windscreen that came with it is much, much smaller than this Batwing fairing. And I do think that that would make the bike handle a hell of a lot better. The, uh, you know, with with my experience with the Harley Cruisers and the Metric Cruisers, is I, I really think that Harley's getting a little lazy. Because they're like, we're Harley-Davidson. Does that point to why their new Harley uh, Milwaukee 8 motor is so important for them? To have a true four-valve head. Yeah. You know, because the Japanese have had that for eons. Yeah, well, and that's the thing with the metric cruisers. I think they're trying so hard to court... Right, the Harley Cash. The Harley Cash. That they're, they're very meticulous. Like, the fit and finish on the metric cruisers is just... Very good. It's awesome. Yeah, you know? Yeah. And I, I've just noticed stuff. on a lot of the Harleys I've checked out that there's like, oh, that's a cheap little bit there. Do you know why it is a cheap bit? Because they want to encourage you to want to replace it. Yeah. They want to encourage you to want to replace it because they do have the most magnificent parts catalog. On Here's our land. phone book sized catalog. Yes. And all of those things <clears throat> are things in which you can reward yourself. And for you people under 30, a phone book was this very large book that we used to get <laughs> delivered to our front door. And it had phone numbers of people that you would want to call and businesses. Until everybody who was anybody got an unlisted number. And then the phone <clears> number <throat> was useless. The white pages, you could have thrown it away because anybody I wanted to talk to had an unlisted number. <clears throat> so, well, and you can only call white people. What's that? The white Whoa. pages. The white pages. Whoa. <laughs> uh, Whoa. Uh, I never saw them deliver a black page, pack black pages in Cleveland, but it actually would have kind of made sense. You deliver it to East Cleveland, deliver it to the suburb, you know, the East Side suburb. The, uh, that, that feeling of 
that motorcycle, just the Harley Davidson <clears throat> mentality. Pissed off 0.08% of our listeners. I know, right. That's exactly right. <laughs> the lowest denomination ever. Yeah. Uh, well, we lost but, the guys in Kenya. I will tell you that I asked one of my customers who's a, a recovering Harley Davidson addict, <clears throat> who I said, well, realistically, how much money did you spend in Harley Davidson? Stuff. <laughs> they go to a sport group called Ha. Harley's nuts. Hognonymous. But what he what he told me was he spent an average of about two hundred to five hundred dollars per month. Oh, good fucking lord! On Harley branded stuff. Now sometimes it was for his bike. Sometimes it was for his clothing or accessories and stuff like that. But when you think about, it was that, definitely not on safety gear. No, but that's six fucking grand a year. Mm-hmm. You already own the bike. That's a in in my world. That's a whole six other bike. grand a year is like two more bikes. Yeah, that's a whole other bike. Yeah, I could probably he buy was three. Being very honest with me, he was he was <clears> you know he wasn't trying to bullshit me. He said he he thought about it and he goes, I spend between you know between two and six hundred bucks a month. Good fucking buying gravy. Harley Davidson related apparel. Think about what that means for all their Harley owners. And I mean, I've had you know we've had people come to the shop that are financing their rims. Yeah, you know they're financing. Their tires and their tattoos and their their whole life is a negative number, right? They have no leftover income at all. They have no dispendable. They have no discretionary income. They're paying debt to everybody. But you know what? They may not own a Harley at the moment, but that's just a temporary setback. Because someday when they hit the lottery, they're going to buy the biggest, baddest road king there is. And crash. And in the meantime, they're going to buy... These six T-shirts from all these different six Harley Davidson shops they go to at forty bucks a pop, getting ready for the day when they hit that lotto or that disability check comes in, and they can buy. <laughs> well, I I deal with this every day. These are my customers. Wait until I get an SSE, SSI, SSA, whatever. The people come in the shop all the time, and they look at the bike and they check it out. They want to take a test ride, and I always try to pre-qualify them, find out are they in a position where if they damage this, can they pay for it, right? And I'm like, well, let me grab your credit card. We'll run a $2,500 hold against your credit card so you can take the spike for a test drive. Oh. Hey. Well, I get a debit card or whatever. They're not financially ready to even put a hold on a credit card for $2,500 to take a test drive, let alone purchase the $10,000 or twelve dollars or $15,000 bike they're trying to test drive. That's what we call a punter. And that's a punter. Those are <clears> punters. <throat> they're living the dream. They are having the girlfriend experience in my shop. They're having the customer experience. It's like they're getting a hooker. Well, Girl. it's the girlfriend experience. <laughs> You're the you pimp. Know, dude, the girlfriend experience is a real thing. Look it up. It's for guys that just want to have a night out. It's like having a girlfriend. They don't need there to be a happy ending. They don't need there to be anything else. They just want to have the girlfriend experience. They want to have a night that feels like it felt when they were 22 and they were dating somebody. Right? And they pay for it. Now, the people that come into my shop want the customer experience. They want to be treated like a customer. They want to be respected. They want to. They want me to pretend like they're in a position to buy the shit. And they want to swing a dick around, right? Well, meanwhile, they're really not. They're on their second bankruptcy. Their house is double mortgaged. Everything in their life is doubled down, right? But they want to walk in a door and feel like the customer is always right. So they walk in the door. Customer is always right. Got to suck my dick. <laughs> and that's one of the nice things about us not being a corporate shop is that we don't always have to. Yeah. Sometimes we call it the way we see it, and we shorten the we shorten the exchange down. We fire customers. We do fire the occasional person. So I had to fire that guy that wanted the chain on his uh, 
Suzuki and or whatever it was. For it. Yeah. Well, Can't you just sell me a used chain? <clears throat> well, the place I bought this chain from said they'd installed it for $30. Right. I'm like, yeah. well, take it to them take and have right. them install take it. it back. Because I'm telling you what, that's a rivet chain. It's going to cost you 90 bucks. It's going to be a pain in my ass. Well, I don't have $90. Here's your chain. You don't have $90. Right. So why did you <clears> drop <throat> your bike off for service if you couldn't pay for it? Why did you buy the chain from the shop that said they'd install it for $30 and walk away? Because he was going to look for a better price. <laughs> and because we both know, the real fantasy there is that they didn't say they would install it for $30. <clears throat> oh, I guarantee not. Oh, well, they said this was a half an hour job. I'm like, well, it they didn't. be a half an hour job. I'm like, they didn't look at the chain. <laughs> sure, it could be a half an hour job. I've done chains before in less than a half an hour, of course. That's oh, sure, if they have a master link. Sure. But or, when you have to, when yeah, you have to rivet the chain. It's not the worst thing. Angle grinder to get it off. Yeah. And Grinding <clears throat> it off real quick. Put it on. <clears throat> yep. It's not the hardest thing in the world. You can do it in less than thirty minutes, sure. But you know what I'm going to find? Ninety percent of the time, counter shaft sprocket or the sprocket is fucked too. Yep. Very rarely do we replace a chain, and both sprockets look great. There's a reason the chain's fucked. The chain's fucked because the sprockets are fucked too. And if you put a brand new chain on fucked sprockets, what are you going to have in six weeks? A, a fucked chain. chain. <laughs> yep. It's going to go down the road. It's going to make bad noises. It's going to be horrible. It's like the battery and, and the flashlight scenario. Yeah, exactly. That's right. The flashlight You've can be You've got free. three components. That's right. If any one of the three components is fucked, it's going to drag the other two down exactly. very, very quickly. Yep. It's going to shorten your lifespan of it, whatever you're doing. And people just forget about that. They buy a chain. Man, I can tell you, I've in my life, for my own personal bikes... It's still got teeth on it, and they're fucking leaning yeah, over they like... They all look like shark <laughs> Yeah, exactly. They look like fins. All of them. <clears throat> yeah. That's not going to work. And Dude, my dad used to have a dado blade that was fucking... Had less, <laughs> less aggressive than teeth than that. <laughs> Shit. I think in my life I've bought four chains or five chains that I didn't buy sprockets with them. Because about, like, about every other chain should be a sprocket. Mm-hmm. And I've also pulled chains off of bikes where, you know, we look up and see how long a chain is supposed to be. It's very simple. It says that a 100-link chain is supposed to be 240 millimeters long. Yep. And when a 100-link <clears throat> chain is 270 millimeters long, it's eating your sprockets. Yeah. That chain stretches, and they stretch like crazy. And people forget that you can measure a chain. They just count the links. Well... Well, you know, it's fine. My, my teeth look good on my sprocket. My chain's still on the bike. <laughs> so what if it's 30 years old, 40 years old? Because oh. each, each pin wears. Yes. The roller on the pin yes. wears. And yes. then the roller that touches the sprocket, sprocket wears. Yes. That's why some of them, you hear them going down the road, and it sounds like a pocket full of change rattling Absolutely. <laughs> that. But that's what the stretch, it, yeah. technically it's not stretch, it's... No. It's the pins metal. and the links are wearing, right. allowing each link to separate a little from the, the next, and it compounds Which changes, times changes the gap times the 110, sprocket, however times 110 many links or whatever it is. That's the biggest thing when we talk about chains on motorcycles and why you you know a chain is not a lifetime item. I know a chain, depending on the motorcycle, could have a 10,000 or 15,000 mile lifespan. And that's why motorcycles are cheaper to build when you put chains on them. They just are. Cheap chains make the cost of building a motorcycle much, much lower than a belt or especially lower than a drive shaft. The drive shaft is the most expensive way to get power to the back wheel from the manufacturer's mindset. That's why all the bikes that in the early 80s were shaft drive, by the time they brought those bikes out in the 90s, they were all chain. 
because it was easier and cheaper to build the bike with a chain drive and pass that expense on to the customer. It's cheaper for the dealer, it's cheaper for the manufacturer to build it, and it's more lucrative for the dealer to have the customer coming in every ten or 15,000 miles for a new chain. Right. So everybody wins except <coughs> the customer, right? Because the customer paid $3,200 for the bike in 1986, and in 1992, the customer paid $5,200 for the bike. But that expensive, beautiful shaft drive system that was on the Magnum, the Magnum, was replaced by a chain. <coughs> well... That's the way things go. If you have a chain on your motorcycle, you got to service it. And you can measure it. Look it up on Google. You can pick 20 links of your chain, the bottom, the ones that are easy to get to. Yep. And you can measure them from pin to pin for 20 pins. It'll tell you how long it's supposed to be. If it's longer than that, buy a new chain. <clears throat> yeah. And as the saying goes, a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. Oh, man. Isn't a chain just 900 things waiting to go wrong? Jesus. Depending Christ. on how many links are in. And you throw all this work at a chain, you throw all this time and this this power, this torque at a chain and the heat at a chain. And you know when the chain's not perfectly adjusted, it triples the amount of heat it carries. Yep. And it's down there in the genitals in the motorcycle. You know, have you seen the thing that the chain goes into? Have you seen that? It usually looks like the black hole of Calcutta. And the chain's zipping into that hole that is made of mostly dirt, road grime, gravel, and tar. <laughs> and you need, like, the world's strongest toothbrush and a chisel to get all that shit from around your countershaft sprocket. Most of the time, you buy an old motorcycle, you look in there and you're like, oh, man, I don't even want to go in there. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to find. Scuzzy. <clears throat> because the sprocket and the chain has cut a channel through what is essentially asphalt now. Oil. Added to dirt and gravel. I've been there. Makes asphalt. And you got to dig that shit out of there. And you wonder why the chain is so shiny when it's not mm, on it's, the outside. It's getting polished. It's getting polished <laughs> by gravel. It's so good. That's the, like, that is definitely the part of the motorcycle that I'm always paying attention to. Mm-hmm. I'm always nervous about <clears> it. <throat> I'm grabbing that chain, checking the tension all the time because... God, you're reminding me I need to buy a new chain. When you... One time in your life, you'll toss a chain, and it'll wrap itself around the rear sprocket. One time. Yeah. And when you have that experience, and you toss a chain, and it wraps itself around the rear sprocket, all the clutch in the world won't save your ass. It is instant brake lock. The sound is terrifying. You paint a huge stripe. And you have to buy new pants, new underwear... You maybe buy, like, maybe a new seat. You buy a new seat because that's in your butt. Like it's mine locked up. Mine locked up on Chris's favorite bike, a GS four fifty, and it locked up at about seventy five miles an hour. The chain tossed, got spun around the rear. I got three warnings. I heard it break. I felt the loss of power. I started heading for the curb, and what was happening was the chain was whipping. Ooh. So the chain was whipping, and it whipped once, slam, it whipped again, slam. And the third time, it spooled enough up to get right between the sprocket and the frame. Ooh. And that back tire just went instantly locked. And that bike, I think I got it down to about 55 miles an hour before the rear wheel completely locked. And I cowboyed that fucker. It was, I held the stripe as long as I could hold the stripe. I leaned left, I leaned right. When it hooked, I hooked with it, I hooked with it. I got it over to the striped line. It was like magic. As soon as I hit the striped line, the bike just said, 
fuck you, I'm not doing this anymore. Because the spot of rubber had gone from rubber to liquid to an accelerant <laughs> in that period of time. And it just went from rubber to grease. And the bike was totally uncontrollable. Oh the bike God. pitched out to the left underneath me. I went to a little low side. A little low side, maybe 15 or 20 miles an hour at that point. Bike slid off into the gravel. Then it went into the grass. Thank God it didn't happen in the high speed lane where I would have oh, been shit. hit by an 18-wheeler or something as the bike caterwauled on the yeah. road behind me. Chains <clears throat> are so fucking sketchy. When you think of how fast a chain is going, and it's just out there in the world. Yep. You know? Why do... Like, I understand why we're not allowed to have chain oilers on them anymore like the Hondas originally had back in the day, where it was always adding a little lubricate. Like, there was a company called Scott, and they made a thing called the Scott Oiler. Mm-hmm. And the Scott Oiler was a thing that actually... Had a <clears throat> reservoir of oil, and it just lightly dripped a little bit of oil onto your chain as your chain went through it to keep that chain lubricated. That's how important it is. And the Did they not want them because it was leaking oil on the road? Putting oil on the road. Yeah. And the I, can I can understand that. But it's a tiny, tiny amount. The substitution, though, was O-ring chains <clears throat> that everyone said. It's going to last a lifetime. But meanwhile... No. It doesn't last a lifetime. The only thing that's... You just know, means people, your lube can't get to the parts that are rusting. People think people think that an O-ring chain requires <clears throat> no maintenance. And no, I mean, quite the, the contrary. Only thing that's, the only thing that's that's captive inside the inside the O-rings right. is the lubrication for the pin, the pin and the link. Right. You still have a roller. Yep. Those are all outside. And you <clears throat> still have... Yeah. You do still and, need and, the lube yeah, in O-ring you, chain. You, have to, you still have to clean... Yep. Regularly and if clean you own, and lubricated. If you own a 1500 PSI pressure washer, or you like to wash your bike at the quarter car wash thing yeah. with a you know pressure so high it'll cut your fingers. Yeah, I've seen guys like look next, up and get all the gunk off my chain. If you like to do that, the next chain you should buy yeah. is a standard duty chain. No shit, because it ain't gonna hurt that fucking. It ain't gonna thing. hurt it. But the O ring <laughs> chains, that water goes right in there and it doesn't come out. Yep, and it corrodes from the inside out. And when I see people washing bikes with high pressure, when I see people using 1,500 PSI to wash a motorcycle, they're just lazy, man. They're just lazy. (laughs) Get that thing wet. Like, get a good soaking wet on it. Good warm water. Get it good and soaked. And get a goddamn brush. Get several brushes with big, long, four-inch bristles and attack that thing and knock all the mud and shit off that bike. Because if you're using pressure, 1,400 PSI, instead of that brush, I guarantee you're fucking your shit up. I've seen guys take the clear coat off of a motorcycle. <clears throat> I've seen them take the coating off of forks, you know, off of fork legs oh, with a pressure washer. I wonder why their bike looks like ass. <clears throat> Those things will take gaskets right out from between <clears throat> mating surfaces. Yes, it's just, ridiculous how invasive they are. I just ride in the rain. Right. Well, <laughs> I, I do legitimately wash my motorcycles about twice a year. And that's the that's really the the hot water, the warm soapy water. I attack the bike from top to bottom, and go after it. And that's twice a year, and that's all I really need to do. And then if I ride it in the winter time, then I give it a I give it a quick hit with the hose, just to get the salt off of it. I can't believe how good my KLR looks after being my winter bike for four years. I thought I thought for sure that thing would look like a fucking saltine cracker by now. <laughs> Bunch of holes in it everywhere. Yeah, but after four years, I, I just bring it in the garage. I get the hose out, knock it down with the hose, 
Get the leaf blower out. Who gets the, the water hose out? <laughs> <laughs> and I've been doing that all the time. And all I do is I, I hit it with the hose, knock the salt off of it, hit it with the <clears> leaf blower, <throat> knock the water off of it, and then spray. And I, I will admit it, I am cheap, so I use WD-40. And I spray WD-40 or waste oil on the lower parts of the bike in the genital region the genital areas and all those areas that are down low where bad things can happen I spray that down I mean I'm not going to use ACF 50 on it because that shit's expensive <laughs> right <laughs> oh I went in the back of the shop today and I asked uh, Mike because I wanted because I had an expansion chamber yeah that we cleaned some paint off of and there's beautiful welds and everything underneath that people should see yeah. right right so we cleaned this bullshit silver paint off of it and I said uh, I said it came in the back because we buy gallons of WD-40. It's cheap when you buy it by the gallons, and you put it in a spray bottle. That's, mm-hmm. that's life's answer. So I go back, and I'm like, oh, man, do we have the, the, the spray bottles of WD-40? I said that because I did not want him to think I was meaning anything other than that. He goes, oh, well, here's an ACF-50. <laughs> if you're using ACF-50 where I would be using WD-40, we have to have a conversation. Because <laughs> you're, you're wasting my money. <laughs> Those cans of ACF 50 should not be used interchangeably where one would use bulk quantities of WD 40. I found a huge box of those ACF 50 little sample yeah. bottles. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah. it is. Oh, yeah. They're, we got them hiding around here. Yeah. yeah, I use the pressure washer on my bike, but yeah. I put the low pressure head on it. Yeah. So just it's. Move the water around. Yeah, so it's not like. Blasting enough to take pain off. Take the fucking stickers out from my clear coat. Yeah, that shit's amazing. (laughs) High pressure is ridiculous, and when I watch the guys cleaning bikes with it, it just freaks me out. Not not our guys. Yeah, because at our shop, it's hard to find a fucking hose. It's hard to find a spigot. We got no hose at the shop. No, we got no hose at the shop. And at the east side shop, you got to bring water out literally in a bucket. Yeah, yeah. That's the way we wash bikes over there. It's funny. We have a hose, but I don't know why. Well. <laughs> There's a detail guy out by me. Yeah, I, I won't give his see name because nobody, nobody will fucking recognize him anyway. It doesn't matter. Stash the detail guy. Well, yeah, yeah. He uses steam. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I've low, seen that. Low yeah. pressure. You, you get low pressure steam. The the steamers that you use for yeah. uh, like uh, clothing. Yeah. Similar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can use that. It works really and, good. Yeah, oh, he does a really it. good job, man. I've had a couple of bikes detailed, and I mean. A detailed job will cost you one hundred twenty-five dollars. Oh, yeah. But when you're done, if it shows up clean, it'll cost you one hundred twenty-five dollars. Yeah, yeah. But when it's done, right. it's ready to go to the Autorama. Exactly. I mean, it's yeah. This motherfucker sits there with little pieces of cloth and things like that. He looks like he's ready to clean a gun. Right. And he'll sit there and go in between fins. Jesus Christ! Really? Oh yeah. Oh, he'll man. take strips and do uh, spokes. Yeah. Each spoke yeah. and each nipple and each. Wow. Like insanity, man. Wow. And when you think about the number of man hours involved with something like that, six somebody charged you six to eight hours. One hundred twenty-five bucks. Six to eight hours That's cheap. for detail. I mean, his time is cheap. Yep. So yeah, we have a couple of people around here that do that. There's a lady called Hogwash, and she <laughs> does good name, right? Nice. Hogwash, and uh, she does detailing on motorcycles. And, yeah, some of these, you know, the thing with Harley-Davidson is when you take a Harley-Davidson on trade, the next guy who's going to buy it expects it to be perfect. Whereas a guy buying a metric bike is probably not going to be so picky. Whereas right. a Harley guy is going to be, in, like, he wants to see the thing because he's buying his fantasy. Yeah. Even if he's spending six grand on it, he's buying his fantasy. And that Harley had better look like the previous owner 
had never ridden it's it. It's the hog experience. And that's and that's why their pipes <laughs> that's why the pipes are never allowed to blue. You know, that's that whole game. It's yeah. just like I want to buy a motorcycle, I want to ride a motorcycle, I want to have the great American adventure on the motorcycle, but I don't want it to look like I ever rode it. Because chrome is a giant tattletale. Water spots on chrome, like that bike sat in the rain for ten minutes. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, if it was in my shop, it never would have sat in the rain, but it got rained on. Sorry. Oh, dude, that just happens, right? And because this bike has so much surface area that when it's been in the rain, it looks bad. And so unless you're going to spend your whole life, every time the bike gets moist, of <laughs> moist. toweling it down and making sure there's no water spots on it. Moist towel. God, ridiculous. Oh, you know, back on that steam topic you were talking about yeah i did watch a youtube video about that years ago when i was trying to clean a cd750 motor that was quite filthy Mm -hmm. and uh the steamer the guy got was not like you know the 15 dollar walmart steamer you would get it was more of like a 60 70 dollar like professional laundromat steamer okay sure and he cleaned the fuck out of this motor and it looked amazing I've never tried using steam. I've used... We have a baking soda blaster. I've used the baking soda blaster. That thing's kind of a lame fuck around. You know, I think we're having a Harbor Freight experience there. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've also used all the various different cleaning supplies. And usually it's like, for me, it's using Simple Green or Purple Power, whatever the hell is there, mixing it about four to one, four water to one Simple Green, and then... Getting everything hot, getting everything good and hot. That's and what then, the steam's for. Yeah, you get it in there, and then you, you hose it off with really really hot water, and it seems to just everything seems to drain off of it. Yeah, because the the steam it technique seems nice though because it, it's it's not, not the only step. You, you do have to hose it down with yeah. something like Simple Green or yeah. Purple Power. Right. Get it all good and soaked, and then you get that all off with the steam. Nice. The steam expands, so you okay. get, you get get whatever thing you're cleaning. You get it. Soaked down with whatever, yeah. and you hit it with the steam, and the steam actually heats the liquid that you've already soaked it with, oh, okay. and causes that liquid to expand. And okay. it, it literally, it's like water uh, being frozen. It, it yeah. chips concrete while right. water being steamed. Right. Ex- the expansion of the cleaning Heat. product sure. will chip off. In hey, essence, I'm willing the, to try the, the layer of dirt. Yeah. I mean, the the product that that. Uh, the dude I'm talking about uses is called Hotsy. It's actually a made for right. commercial use. I used to have I used to work in the painting industry and yeah. we had Hotsy cleaners yeah, that were these big kerosene fired yeah, power that's washers. The big diesel shop I worked right. at was So it was a big kerosene fired power washer and it would sit there and it would heat up forty gallons and of water. It'll do that. Yeah. Seventeen hundred PSI or oh, whatever, yeah. but you don't have to. Right. Exactly. You can give it the sixty or whatever Knock PSI and it just more pretty cool. Turn it on steam and it's not it's not so much more heat, less pressure. Yeah, yeah, and it's just that's cool. I like yeah, yeah. that idea. Yeah, fortunately, we live not in, inexpensive though. Unfortunately. No, well, hotsies <laughs> are super expensive. Even if you buy them at HGR, yeah, you know the disposed disposed of equipment that shit's still three grand. So for a used beat up hotsie, it's still a ton of money. Yeah. So like for the residential guy, I wonder <clears> if using a, like a home steamer or something like that. I'm know. still in the camp where I just you know I get them. I just use the Dawn soap. Get it good and soapy. <clears throat> bike down, then do get my big long brushes. I buy those brushes that have like the four inch long bristles on them and the nice handle. Mm-hmm. Gets in all the spokes and gets in all the bad areas of the motorcycle, and then just blast it out. 
and then uh, then use the leaf blower to kind of get the rest of it out of there. Since you mentioned the product, we'll have to say Don gets grease out of the way. Don does get grease out of the way. Send your check to Cleveland Moto. Don does work. <laughs> You're soaking in it now. Yeah, match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's about it. Um, uh, we're we're hot. I don't know if this is this is never going to drop by the time the distinguished gentleman's ride happens. So I hope oh, it might, it might. Hope you had a great distinguished. Well, you've got <clears throat> several other ones you have to drop Four. too. Four, yeah. right? Four. So he's got four <clears throat> more to drop before this one drops. So like today was one thirty-two. This one's going to be one thirty-seven. If I have a good power weekend, I could get four. Out. There you go. Chunk them out, buddy. <clears throat> Chunk them out. People listen to them. Apparently, there's no shortage of people listening. So that's good. That's fine. We don't really look at the numbers. I, I know that pisses. I had some different podcast people get in touch with me, and they're like, "So how many listeners do you have?" Da-da-da-da. Like we don't know. We don't count. We have no idea. I, and, well, and it varies because the analytics uh, programs, you know, they just track, like, download numbers. They don't, and I don't care, you know. and I don't want to know. It really doesn't matter to us one bit. We do it because it's fun. We do it because we enjoy doing it. I, I could say we get an average of, like, 5,000 downloads a month. Yeah. So that's totally exciting. So I, right. And I don't know how many listeners that is. Right. I don't know if that's one person listening to 10 podcasts. You know, occasionally subscriber wise, we're up around a thousand. Yeah, I have but no the idea. number varies. I have absolutely <clears throat> no idea. We don't have a good analytics setup. It's I d- well, and I think the important <clears throat> thing is that that's not why any of us is doing it. No, so it's not. I mean, we're it's not more g- to be. It's more to be a good time. It's more to have some fun. And we're not and, getting paid for this, so you know. Right. It's, and it's it's just something that we do to. It's better to shout <clears throat> at that device and let it all out than it is to shout. At humans. Well, and the yeah. whole reason we started doing this podcast right. years ago was because this is what we did anyway on Friday exactly. night. Right. We right. sat around, drank beer, and talked about motorcycles. That's exactly right. These and are the things. That yeah. So we just decided about. to stick a recording device <laughs> wow. in between us, and, and it became a thing. Yeah. And uh, realistically, if you do, if you are traveling and you're going to be in the Cleveland area any Friday evening after 8 p.m. and you want to be on the podcast, all you got to do is stop into our shop. We're at the west side of town, Cleveland Moto. All you got to do is go to www.clevelandmoto.com. Clevelandmoto.com. It's very hard to find. Our, our Facebook page is uh, Facebook forward slash Cleveland Moto. Our web address, our email is clevelandmoto at gmail.com. See, we've made everything very easy. Very, very simple. There's, you have to remember one word. We have to remember one word, Cleveland Moto. And if you remember that one word, you can correspond with us, send us things. Um, if it's a great email, we'll read it. Uh, or if it's an email that hits me at a time when it's like, we're about to record a podcast anyway, we'll read it. The uh, If you have something you think we really need to talk about, we'll read it. Um, probably end up talking about it. The biggest thing that I can think of is we are all... Thank God, getting into the, my favorite riding time of the year. Oh, yeah, I know. Thank God and all that is fucking holy in the world that we are <laughs> finally out of the 95 to 100 degree, 100% humidity, ridiculous, hottest summer on record that we can go out and ride our motorcycles wearing the expensive shit we pay for. <laughs> so every time I'm riding a motorcycle, I'm not going... This is the alternative to air conditioning, is wearing not the right shit, you know, and wearing not enough helmet, wearing not enough jacket, wearing not enough trousers. Uh, <laughs> the number of times I've ridden a motorcycle this year 
where I do that thing where I walk past the mirror and I go, is that what you want to be wearing during the crash later on today? <laughs> and I walk past the mirror and I go, it's hot out there. Fuck it. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? If I got a crash wearing what I'm wearing, I guess that's just the way it's going to be. I've you know, been doing that on test rides lately, too, and, and I, I feel, drive a I feel little horrible more about it. <laughs> oh, test rides are terrifying. Test rides are literally, hi, here's something you don't know. Here's some yeah. motorcycle you've ne- ne- never met before. It's <clears> not <throat> even a customer. Like, if it's a customer, we work on their bike all the time. Then we know their bike. Right. But most of the time, it's a customer we've never dealt with before. He's probably coming to us because he doesn't want to pay what the Ducati dealer or Triumph dealer or Honda dealer is charging. Here's my motorcycle that I've poorly maintained. I'm hoping you're the lowest bidder, because I'm a lowest bidder kind of guy. <clears throat> I at least put on a full face helmet, but I've, I've gone out in shorts and t-shirts before, oh, no, and, no. I'm, and I'm like, I am full squid right now. Oh, God. I've had people come into the shop and say, this thing's <clears throat> making a weird noise, it's making a weird oscillation, it's making a weird vibration. Can you check it out real quick? And I, if, Sunglasses. I can, if I grab the KDs, I consider that to be a step up. Total safety gear, one pair of KDs, one pair of cutoff BDU shorts, one T-shirt. <laughs> not even a new T-shirt, a very old T-shirt. And then go out and rip it down Tyler Boulevard. It's not a DOT-rated T-shirt. Yeah, rip it down Tyler Boulevard, top of every gear. <laughs> come back and go, oh yeah, it's totally fucked up. <laughs> or come back and be like, the ones when you don't even make it through first gear, and you slow down immediately, turn around and bring the bike back, yep. and you're like... What? How did you get here? Mm-hmm. You rode this in here? What? There's, there's not just something wrong with your bike. There's a parade of shit wrong with this bike. Yeah, well, I... Do. No, I don't even want to hear about it. You're only... Well, Whoa, everyone's getting contacted. Everyone's getting lit up. That must be you. Oh, this is Chris no, Smith a... saying, when is the call-in show? <laughs> we tried call-in shows. That shit's Camaro. It's not going to work out. I am going to be on that uh, Motorcycle Men podcast. Oh, really? Yep. Apparently on the October of the 18th or something. Uh, yeah, they're going to send me a list of 10. Were they mad that we made fun of them? I don't, I don't think we made fun of them. I think we just said that. I don't think they. I think Steve hit it on the head. I've been listening to their podcast recently. They're not trying to pretend to be anything they're not. They're a bunch of guys that have a rock and roll band. They play in like they're musicians. They're I garage, didn't know that. Garage band guys. And they're all, you know, out of their different worlds that they live in. Well, that makes them cooler. They've all recently been Harlified. (laughs) And so now they're Harlified. Harlified. That's the world they live in. Nickelback cover band. So the uh, Nickelback cover band? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, I will. You do hear me judging you right now. <laughs> yes, if you're in a Nickelback well, cover band. Dustin just said that made them cooler. I said, what if it's a Nickelback cover band? I would think that if it was a Nickelback <laughs> polka band. Ah, well, that would actually be a. Okay. What about a Nickelback yeah, kind of cool. bluegrass band? Oh, now <clears throat> there was a band a few uh, years ago. You have to go back a couple of years called Hayseed Dixie. Yeah. They were kind of fun. They did all the ACDC songs, but they did them in a bluegrass style. Oh, that's cool. That's really yeah. cool. There's, it was fantastic. There's one out there that does all Metallica stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Mike stuff. Mike plays them in the shop. It's great yeah. when you get that. Like that kind of stuff is fun. You know the song. It's familiar to you. It's easy to listen to. You don't have to think too much. And then they throw a little, you know, rub a little bluegrass on it. Put the banjos in there or whatever. That's cool. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's not. Like people say, this is not REM. We're not now. I got to look up Hazy Dixie. That sounds that sounds awesome. Hazy Dixie is pretty good. They're all right. <clears throat> there's, I mean, there's a lot of stuff now with technology. There are more mashups that are more intriguing, but 
the uh, but really, lit up here I think now. that like the the music in the fucking Harley Davidson right now is Herb Alpert in the Tijuana Brass. <laughs> fucking hey, man. Do you know why? Because it's still good. Because TJ rocks. Because TJ does rock, <laughs> and because Herb Alpert, greatest hits, is a fantastic album. It's a really really good album. And it works good for anything. It's like that's good music yep. to drink to. I mean, if you if you just want to kick back and, and just be like, I'm just these, gonna these tiki drinks are affecting Phil's head. No, <laughs> no, that's not that's not even Polynesian. Yeah, I'm not even talking Exotica or anything else. Like the the Herb Alpert has always been just good solid garage music. Yep. It's been one of those things. It's like, man, that's just good background noise. And I uh, the other day I was listening <clears throat> to I was on one of the Harleys. I can't remember which CD I had in there. I had Beastie Boys. So I had Paul's <clears throat> Boutique in there. Nice. It did not work. No, it didn't work. It's not that they rejected it. I know we make that joke all the time. The CD, re- the CD player rejected it because it wasn't like Skinner. <clears throat> but I was, I was going. I was, Sweet home. <laughs> right. And I'm riding down the road on you know, a fucking Road Glide Ultra. And I'm listening to Paul's Boutique. And they were wrong. Like there was a thing there that it was happening. It was <clears throat> bad. Like, it was not cool at all. This was definitely mustard and peanut butter. They were both good on their own, together, all fucked up. And that was the motorcycle. The motorcycle and me were not having that experience. <laughs> I put it in Van Halen, and it worked better. It worked way better. And it That's gave me funny. a newfound appreciation, because I haven't listened to a lot of Van Halen in a long time. And Van Halen was a great band. It reminded me of a great video I saw on YouTube today. It was this uh, hillbilly guy. And uh, I forget the name, the name of the uh, artist that he was talking about how to listen to their CD, but it was some lame alt country. Okay, thing. yeah, yeah, right, right, right. He's like, here's how you listen to the CD. Step one, get your CD player. Step two, put the CD in your CD player. Step three, fill your cooler full of beer. And he got it all filled up. And he's like, step four, fill a bucket full of gasoline. He put the CD player in the bucket of gasoline, oh, really? walked very far away, and yeah. plugged it and into plugged an extension in. cord, and yeah. it exploded. Oh wow! That's it was a cool. giant fireball. That's all right. <laughs> then he that. goes. Then he goes back to his seat. He sits down. There's still fire all around him. He's like, "Now nah, crack a beer and listen to some fucking Skinner like a man." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. That I definitely. I'm not. I'll never get into the whole thing about like this is motorcycle riding music because every time at Christmas years ago, <clears throat> people who didn't know me better just knew motorcycles, and at Christmas they would give me like, you know, Harley Davidson compilation CD, <laughs> <laughs> rockin' the road, yeah, motorcycle my, rock anthems. My my favorite motorcycle I'll start music. With- Davy Allen and the Arrows. Yeah. It's classic instrumental fuzz rock. Yeah. And he wrote uh, a lot of the scores, the original fuzz rock. Uh, motorcycle bad boy movies. Sure. The exploitation movies. Yeah. The bike exploitation movies. Yeah, like, uh, what is it, uh, Born Losers? Yeah, all of them. And uh, yeah. the original Billy Jack right. films. So that's all his stuff. Yeah, it's all just. Fuzzy guitars, ripping along. Right, no, oh, it's, no lyrics. It's so, it's so anything, Kevin right? Moore. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's that's great. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's there's nothing that there's nothing that I'm listening to on a motorcycle. First of all, I don't like listening to music in a motorcycle. Like, I always feel like I do I'm, on long trips. Yeah, yeah. Even with the headphones on, I don't care for it. I, I put it, I put it in my earbuds on long trips for one because I want to listen to the GPS. Yeah. 
And the music just kind of helps calm I'll me. I listen to GPS turn by turn when I'm in a city I don't know, but the music bothers me because I can't hear the motor, and I feel like I always need to be vigilant to what is happening in the bike. Yeah, Even I, though in my van, I don't, there's a million more moving yeah. parts, and I turn the stereo up to where I can't hear any of them. I don't turn the music up that loud. Yeah. I, it's basically there in my earphones as a suggestion. Huh, okay. It's, it's kind of like you're listening to the music in the distance. Yeah. You hear it enough to understand what you're listening to. Yeah, your I, mean, I, I, can, I mean, my pipe's loud enough on right. my bike. Yeah. <laughs> you know? In the four-wheeled vehicles, it's ridiculous. Yeah, because you think about it. Like, mm-hmm. There's a million more things that can go wrong in my truck, which receives much harder use, receives much less maintenance than any of my motorcycles, has many more moving parts, and works harder for a living right. than any of my motorcycles. And yet, I'm in my truck, and I have the music amped up. Not listening to the motor, not listening to the drivetrain, not listening to the things I should be listening to, right. for, you know, for, for being a good owner. Yet in the motorcycle, where I get more maintenance than anything else in the world, put less miles on it, and they're easier miles on the motorcycle, yet then I need to feel like I'm being super hyper-vigilant to not... Is that wrong, smorgasbord? Is, is that wrong? Is this your daughter's lunch bin? Yeah. <laughs> so you got your daughter's lunch what bag full of beers. What are we, what's our selection here? Well, well you, oh, you got your Jeep today. I like to. Well, there's a whole plethora. I like to give you guys a good selection. So. The, the fridge is full. Like the fridge right now is full of. Like, okay, how many minutes? How long have we gone in this? Bullshit <laughs> we're an hour and a half. Okay, fuck that. <laughs> so what we're gonna say is, this is what happens when you open the fridge at our shop. Go ahead. We've got what is? I it? have a Lion Cool's grape shandy. Okay, gay. Grapefruit. Grapefruit. Okay. Grapefruit. Grapefruit shandy. Sorry, Camaro. I've got a uh, blueberry ale from the Blue Point Brewing Company. So it has the word blue in it twice. And the word blue appears on the label no less than 19 times. And uh, established way back in 1998. Yeah. Dude, that's a 10%? 10%, apparently. (laughs) Holy shit. Apparently that bottle's got a kick in it. And then we got a PBR. A Lingling, uh, Yingling, the panda beer. We got a fucking High Life. Right, Chasing and the then we've got literally a Labatt Ice Pounder, a pounder yeah. of Labatt Ice, five point six alcohols. Uh, there's plenty of uh, hard root beers in there there's too. There's plenty of hard yep. root beers. There's plenty of two, little two or three different varieties. Strawberries. Uh, there's a bottle of Scotch, a bottle of Woodford Reserve. The bar, the 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 fridge right now at this <clears throat> shop is diverse. I mean, it is it is Marie. diverse. It is. We probably have a better selection than Smedley's down the it street. Is, yeah, I'm going to say we do. And then we got whiskeys and things like that. This is not the place to come if you want to... Okay, I'm going to drink this blue thing. They're pretty decent. I mean, Are they it's really? Not, it's not the blueberry shit that I usually bring that's a... Uh, <clears throat> that's a... Uh, this is a beer. It's a, it's, it's, it's a beer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> well, what's, what's the shit I normally bring? Apple ale, the blueberry ale. Oh yeah. It's not that. This smells is, good. It's yeah. an actual beer. <clears throat> this is online with like Fatheads, blueberry, uh, bumbleberry, or whatever bumbleberry. the hell it is. Oh, yeah, it's all right. taste it? Yeah, go ahead, test it. It's fine. It's fine. There's nothing we wrong. We have the with same it. herpes. It's fine. It's a really light beer. I mean, it's a light beer, and it's got a little essence of blueberry. In it, oh, that's so. very bumbleberry. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's fine. It's very light. It's not too powerful on the berries. I like that. Right. I mean, it's very clean. It's very yeah. crisp. Yeah. That's cool. I'm glad I like, I, drank wa- it. I like watery beers. Well, and that's. Uh, I like hoppy beers. Like, yeah, beers that you can chew. The opposite, yeah. Very <clears throat> chewy beers. And there's, a, there's another growler there that's a fresh growler, by the way. Oh, yeah? John Henry brought us a brand new growler of something. I saw that. I didn't want to crack it until we were ready to kill it because. Okay. Did you know that last growler he brought us was still carbonated 
almost a month later. I know. He was amazed. Oh. He, he took a slug of it and was just like. I did too. He's like, that's still good. I drank. Once he, once he tried it, and I saw that he tried it and didn't yak or have any problems, then I went back and finished it. <laughs> and it was. It was really good. I mean, that's not my style of beer, yeah. but it was, you know, it was really dark. Yeah. Funny. I had to do some detective work the Saturday you went to the Gucci rally. Yeah. I go back in the shop and I, I look in the trash can in the back and there's a fucking ton of empty beer cans. Yeah. yeah. And I asked Mike, I'm like, the shit, did Phil have like a party here last night after I left? He's like, <laughs> no, man, he left like about the same time I did. Yeah. And I was just like, the shit did all these beer cans come from? Yep. And I figured it out. You had empty beer cans in your cooler. Yes, we had. And you had to empty. <laughs> we, were, uh, we were drinking at the uh, electric motor vehicle show, and there was nowhere to put our empties. Yeah. And we weren't supposed to be drinking there because they had brought in a beer truck. Yeah. And so we were we were drinking out of our own cooler instead of the beer truck. So we didn't want to populate the rest of the place with our empties. So we just put our empties back in the beer cooler. Yeah, yeah. So there was, you know, a dozen or so empties in there. It was yeah. like, it, towards the end of the day, I was like, I figured it I out, figured Mike. It out. Yep. <laughs> well, I don't believe in leaving the mess. I mean, I don't, I always leave mm-hmm. places cleaner than they were when I got there. Right on. So, you know, we try to make the world a better place. And the, uh, and there it was such a random selection of beers too. Oh, yeah. It was like uh, a Shandy, yeah. A Yingling, a Shock Top. Oh yeah, we had know. a bunch of different beers. I br- I brought I bought like seven or eight. It was all beers packs. that I did not see in our fridge. Right? No, they were. That was a that was the go pack. That was me yeah. grabbing the cooler, throwing the ice in the cooler, and then buying on the way there so that we could entertain our friends. Yeah. I don't show up anywhere empty-handed. Uh, that's just come on, man. <laughs> And then, and then when he comes back from a rally, he fills our fridge full of temptation. Yes, it is. It's not temptation. Let's not let's not mince words. It's not temptation. There are beers at our shop. We do invite our people to share. You know, that's exactly it. We also understand that we're all grown adults, and you can make your own decisions for how you just manage your fucking high. That's all. You know, just control your manage your high. high. I don't care. I don't care that. Yeah, people are like, well, you know, there's going to be this thing, and you're going to worry about everybody's going to have to be drug tested. No, 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 no. I will, I will stand out there with a loaded paintball gun. I will stand out there with a loaded shit bags full of human feces soaked in gasoline for anybody who says they're going to come into my shop and force us to do drug testing of any sort. Uh, you will regret attempting to make us do anything like that. There's no way. Cleveland Moto Crew will get you. Well, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That's the fucking just, monkey. Why can't we just have four or five trained monkeys? That's, that's monkeys, throw shit. <laughs> do your job. You have one job to do. Do it. Like the monkeys from Madagascar, or whatever. If you have any poo, fling it now. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Marijuana is now medically legal in Ohio. Yeah. Apparently, but it's going to take a year and a half for them to figure out how they're going to distribute it. So, the, uh, apparently, it can't be weed; it has to be extracts, edibles. Ah, who cares? The uh, I just want to get to the point where people can carry it like adult, civil human beings and not go to jail for it. I just don't think anybody should go to jail for that. No, nope, me neither. Plenty of really good things people <clears throat> should go to jail for. Let's not fill the jail up with people that are just carrying their weed around. Yeah, I've really not run into too many people that are high on weed that are like. 
I'm gonna kill you, murder yeah. you, and eat your soul. No, they're okay. more like, hey, dude, you want to get a pizza? <laughs> How many times has somebody stoned on weed pass out at a stoplight? Exactly. Right. Right. Or drive their car 75 miles an hour into another car. No. Every time I've seen anybody who's driving when they're stoned, they're going 26 miles an hour in a 65, <clears throat> literally looking at everything. I mean, they if are they're in so Ohio, careful. they're going straight. Because going straight when, you're, when you're fucking sober, <clears throat> yeah. you avoid all the potholes yeah. and shit. But yes. when you're stoned, you're like... <laughs> you don't even feel it. <laughs> That's it. The car doesn't deviate one degree. It's perfectly straight and 25 miles an hour under the speed limit. Don't get me wrong. I am not a saint. I have tried and successfully driven home stoned before, and it's always a comedy. It's always one of those things where I'm like, I better slow down. I have stopped at yellow lights. Stopped. Stopped hard at yellow <clears throat> lights. Made sure everything was safe, and then proceeded with due caution. Oh, I I was driving home high one time, and I saw a cop, and I'm like, all right, man, just be cool. Yeah. Just be cool. Yes. And I blew a red light. <laughs> and I'm like... I'm like, I'm fucked. I'm going to go back and do it. I'm going to go back and have a do-over. So I just pulled over to the side of the road. Right. Just waited for him. Cop passed me. Of course he did. I'm like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. And I was on my way to my girlfriend's house at the time. And her house is right past the police station. So I'm following this cop. I'm like, when's he going to light me up? Right. From the front of you. And I'm making turns. I'm following him. And I'm just like... So freaking paranoid. Well, of course you are, but you're also I'm, following a cop stoned. Yeah, I'm like white knuckling the steering wheel. Yes. And then, and this was like after bar closing time, so I was yes. also I was also a little bit drunk. Yes. <laughs> and then he sounds like the worst decision ever. He pulls into the police station, and I pass, and I go by, and I look at the time. I'm like, it's fucking shift change. Oh. Good for you. Good for you. They they probably looked at me, they're like, yeah, I don't want to deal with that. We're out of work here in like 10 minutes. I tried riding a motorcycle stoned once or twice, and every time I try it, I'm always, it's always one of those ones where you're like, yeah, you know, it's worn off by now. It's been long enough. It's been long enough. I'm not stoned anymore. I'll jump on the bike. I'll, you know, we'll go get food or whatever. And I'll jump on the bike. I'll make it. Once you get on the bike and the air hits you, and all of a sudden, like, when the air hits you when you're drunk, you feel revitalized and you can do things better. When you're stoned and the air hits you, you're just reminded of how stoned uh. you are. And everything is out of sync. The digital <clears throat> delay is in full effect, and you're like, okay, bump? Where's the bump? I know there's a bump there. I just fucking ran over it with my tires. Oh, now it's coming. Bump. <laughs> and so usually I turn the bike around immediately, come back and go, can't do that. <laughs> no, nope, can't do that right yeah. now. That's oh, how yeah. I am with movies and weed. That's it's like... Uh, I'll, I'll smoke some weed and be like, oh, yeah, man, I'm really relaxed. I'm going to go put on a movie and chill out. And I put the movie on and I'm like, oh. of course, that's exactly it. <laughs> I'm asleep in five for. minutes. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> My only use of marijuana these days is because Ambien is too creepy. You know? Exactly. Like, Same that's here. A fact. <laughs> Because I know that if I enjoy some if I enjoy some THC, I'm probably not going to want to go down and clean my guns at 4 o'clock in the morning while I'm still asleep. Because <laughs> I've done that on Ambien. I've never done that on weed. That's the difference between Ambien and weed. On Ambien, your brain convinces you that it's okay to go visit the neighbor's house or do other things <laughs> or drive a car at 4 or 5 in the morning <laughs> when you should be sleeping. But instead, you're just having a really vivid, vibrant dream. You're sleepwalking. That is reality. <laughs> 
When your neighbor says, I'm going to take you back to your house now, knocks on your door and says, Merit, does this belong to you? You know? Like, that's <clears throat> ambient. Never happens on weed. Ever. On weed, you, you smoke the weed, you watch the TV, and before you put the remote down, you're asleep. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way that works. Oh, I, I have a... You smoked it, but Dennis Larry. You smoke the butt, you come, you eat the cookie. End of story. End of story. <laughs> That's exactly yeah, it. I, I, That's exactly it. I have a doctor that I have to see for my ADHD. Yeah. Because it's so fucking bad, even though I'm 44 years old. Hey, doesn't matter. And uh, they adjust meds for me for it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she, of course, asks, you know, what other substances do you use? Of course. You know, we want to get doc, Doctor, right. patient, confidentiality. Right. You can tell me whatever you want. And I was like, well, you know, I like I like to drink a lot because it relaxes me and mm-hmm. and helps me get to sleep. Um, <laughs> I like to drink a lot because the world's full of assholes. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't beat the that fuck too. out of every one of them. So And uh, and I told her, I was, I was like, occasionally, you know, sometimes when I have really bad insomnia, right. um, you know, if I smoke some marijuana, I can get to sleep really well and exactly. I get a good night's sleep. Yep. And she told me, she's like, this is off the record, but right. I think you should start smoking more marijuana. Right. She's like, you're that big of a fucking mind fuck. (laughs) You should start smoking more pot. And you know what's weird is I don't crave it anytime I'm working. I don't crave it when I'm at work. I don't crave it any other time. It's you know I don't believe the whole gateway drug bullshit. I mean, come on. No, it is gateway really. To no. To, uh, well, apparently I'm very bad. To sleep. Uh, Yes, I'm a. When I was young, if it's a gateway drug. It's not working out. When I was young, it was a gateway to fucking carpentry because you wanted to build shit. <laughs> yes, yeah. of course. <laughs> Another Slurry joke. Point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when I was, uh, but I mean, it's, it's never it's... been anything to me other than. And then you know what else? You know how not addictive it is. I can actually not smoke it if I feel like it's too much trouble. Yeah. So if I'm like, uh, maybe I'll get high tonight, and then I'm like, uh, that's yeah. that requires so much work. Yeah, it's dude, I do the same thing. You don't, you don't say it's too much work to an addiction. It's the when it's, you're addicted to something, you don't not do it because it's too much effort. It's the meh factor. Yeah, it's the meh factor. Meh. Exactly. Yeah, some, meh. Sometimes I just don't feel like the commitment right. to being yeah. high. Right. Like you know, yeah. man, I'd like to relax on a little bit of pot, but no, oh. you know, I don't want the commitment. I've got a. Pretty, I, I kind of have some things I want to read on the internet. I've got a and, fairly good amount of edibles just hanging around the house. And oh, edibles are. Why haven't story. I eaten them? Well, I like eating things. I do. I love eating things. I'm really good at it, and I really love eating things. And most of them are sweet things, which I start craving at you know two o'clock in the morning. I mm-hmm. do sweet, salty, sweet, salty, sweet, salty till like five in the morning. I could eat any of those edibles that are sweet, salty, mm-hmm. sweet, salty. But you know what I do? No, no, I'm saving those. For what? What am I saving them for? Right? See, I cannot have edibles around. There's not a fucking Oreo in my goddamn house right now. But there's at least two dozen fucking edible goddamn cookies and brownies and all kinds of Rice Krispie treats and shit like that. There's not a fucking Oreo. I will go to stupid fucking fake-ass convenient food mart and buy a fucking bullshit Hydrox fake-ass Oreo and a half a quart of milk to wash it down before I'll go and eat my edibles because I'm one of those guys who's like a hoarder like, I might need those someday when I'm really having a bad day and I just need to feel great for six hours. You know what? <laughs> so I don't want to eat them right now because if I eat them right now, I'm just going to fall asleep because I'm just going to eat a row of Oreos instead. So I'll eat 26 Oreos Fuck and a fucking quart of milk. And then I'll feel like really horrible about myself because I just ate 26 Oreos and a quart of milk. And then I'll go to bed and be angry. <laughs> Meanwhile, if I would have had one edible, 
one edible. So it's like 96,000 calories of Oreos and milk versus like 150 calories of like one Rice Krispie treat. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, I could tell you the impact to my body would be <clears throat> way less with the one Rice Krispie treat. And I would probably watch TV for about a half an hour, 45 minutes, and I'd <clears throat> sleep like a Off baby. To dreamland. Off to dreamland. Yep. And I would wake up at 8.30 when the sun peeks its head through my window, and I'd go, oh. And instead, I wake up, go to stay awake until 5.30 in the morning. Because you're full of sugar. Because I'm full of <laughs> sugar. Weird. <clears throat> you know, because I couldn't get the real Oreos. I had to suffer through the bad ones. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah see, I can't <laughs> keep edibles around because I have a 13-year-old. Yeah, that's fair. And she'd be like, oh, cookies. Gummy bears. <laughs> and Yay. then, you know, children's These services. These gummy bears taste weird. So I'm going to eat 26 of them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> That's Child exactly services right. comes in. I'm a I'm a bad parent. And you know, when I was a kid, I had an entire <clears throat> bottle of Tums. Do you know why? Fruit flavored, candy. They're delicious. Oh, uh, when you're a kid and you're like 12 years old and you're sugar Jones and hard, my, and you look at that whole 20, <clears throat> like that 50 pack or 100 pack of Tums because my dad, you know, my dad bought the industrial size Tums. Yeah, yeah, thousand pack, yeah, yeah thousand and a bottle. Like, yeah. And I guess I overdosed on Tums when I was like four on the <laughs> old white ones. <laughs> Right? Oh, the mint flavored ones? Chalk. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I ate a whole bunch Just of them. Just eat a pack of chalk. Yeah. And uh, my mom called the doctor of poison control. And they probably said, didn't shit for a week. And they, they were like, well, here's. <laughs> Not your, a whole lot you your, can do. Your son is going to poop black, dark <laughs> matter. He's going to poop charcoal briquettes. <laughs> <laughs> my cousin had the opposite experience when she was little. She ate an entire bottle of Flintstones vitamins. Really? I, was, I, oh. I ate like a half a bottle of those. Oh, really? Oh, what yeah. Oh, yeah. she just shit Diarrhea. herself all day long. Really? Yeah. For like three days. <laughs> oh, I've never tried that. Not all day long. For like three yeah. days. Well, three solid was, days, huh? She was, oh, three yeah. Three runny days. It, it, <laughs> if I'm remembering correctly, it was the better part of a weekend. Wow. Three, three runny days? Isn't that like an old we sting album? We never had any Flintstones vitamins because that shit was expensive so we didn't have any in the house we didn't get like that kind of stuff but like tums we had and when they had those fruit flavored tums for the first time i was like man that that's good snack good i was putting them in a fucking pez dispenser (laughs) (laughs) holy crap we're in an hour and 45 well cut the goddamn thing all right all right uh so remember at that i mean why did we even talk about i don't know doesn't matter i don't know that shit happens you know what for anybody who listened to this podcast all the way to the end all we can say is we're sorry, but you press the button. <laughs> uh, all right, and remember, please drive fast and take chances. Liza's turning off the podcast right now. Liza's hit the switch already.